Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is our our last episode of 2021. Yes, it has been an incredible year. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We love you guys and so thankful for you participating because we feel like when we have these conversations and invite guests on that we know it goes far beyond just us and that person, but you're listening, you're sharing it with your friends and family. And we've just really felt that encouragement from you this year as we conclude the year. So thanks for being part of Rhythms for Life. We know this year has been a, another tough year for a lot of people navigating all kinds of new circumstances, but have been encouraged by how much confidence people have had, the the state of the world right now where we see a lot of fear going forward, and we see a lot of people pushing back on that fear and saying, I'm not living by fear. I'm going to live differently. That's what this is about. Yeah. I think looking back at this year and just reflecting on some of my greatest joys is coming back week after week with Gabe and just having these conversations that a lot of times we're kind of navigating the unknown and that's kind of part of life. And that's why we have faith. It's this it's this thing where we step forward and things we hope for, but things we actually can't see. And to do this as a community has been my greatest joy. I, I mean, truly, I would have never dreamed a decade ago that I would get to write and teach and 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 get to talk to you guys and get to know you and meet you on the road or meet you online or meet you through emails or meet you at retreats or whatever but just know that this I just I'm kind of ending this year with almost a little teary but just heart full of gratitude and grateful for what God has done in my life and our lives together. And and I hope that um, in the days to come that you kind of listen back. We're going to send you um, on socials the top 10 um, conversations that we had this year on Rhythms for Life, because we know a lot of you are getting in the car and you're going on road trips, and there are just so many good conversations, but a few hallmark ones that just uh, we got a lot of response about. So we're real excited to give you kind of that top 10 as you go into the holidays. Well, it's also fun to look back on a year and just look at all that's happened and all the people we've been able to interact with. Over 260 of you came and joined us at one of our Rhythms retreats this last year. We got to meet you in person, hear your stories, where you were at, and then together journey. And I think as we look to 2022, Rebecca and I have just, we love that. We feel like this is part of our mission is to create these kind of spaces and opportunities for couples, for individuals, for people to really experience a, a more in-depth, in-person, embodied experience where we don't just talk about ideas, but we get to live them out. We get to interact with each other. We get to build relationships with other people who are really running fast, but also trying to incorporate the rhythms into their life. And we're learning a lot from each other. And we just think every year that's going by, this becomes essential. It becomes critical. And so we want to give you the opportunity if you're thinking about your 2022 plans. I know as we do, we look at that calendar, we look at the year ahead, and if we don't get it on the calendar, many times it doesn't happen, and uh, we regret it later. So as you're looking ahead, look at RebeccaLyons.com slash retreat. We've got listed the four different retreat dates in the year ahead. Two of those are happening at Lost Valley Ranch, and two of those are happening here in Franklin. And see if there's one of those, whether it's about marriage, whether it's a rhythms retreat, 
horseback, you know, we go out to Lost Valley Ranch in April or October or, or whatever, whatever you're needing, look at it and make a decision. And maybe for Christmas, take advantage of, of our early bird rates that you can get before Christmas, where you might give this gift. I know it's a, it's an investment. So this is a gift you're not just giving to someone else, but maybe to you as a couple. But think about whether this is something you just want to start to build into the plans for 2022. Yeah, we have decided, you know, early on, we're going to have our 24th anniversary here in a couple weeks while we're off, you know, not doing podcasts, but a big commitment for us. What are we going to be doing? Well, you know, that's still, you know. Not podcast? We're going to not podcast on our on our anniversary, but okay. <laughs> but one commitment we are doing, which is kind of in line with this, is that we're getting away. We're like getting, taking the time to get away and investing in that with each other because you know, the year goes real quick and a lot of us have many responsibilities we carry and just that commitment to that deeper dive. So for us, historically in our marriage, we have always had a rhythm of of retreat. And so we want to offer that to you guys is like, maybe you've been really wanting to have a focus on marriage and parenting or a focus on your emotional health, but it's just never time. Just plan ahead and just invest in that in advance, knowing that that is something that really is an annual rhythm of some sort to go like, I want to proactively be preventative in in my marriage and preventative in my emotional health so that I am actually living a life uh, that looks different. So I'm not surprised by these things that come just through burnout or through fatigue or through just growing or drifting apart. So look at RebeccaLyons.com slash retreat, and you can see all the opportunities to do that. We'd love to meet you and see you in 2022. A broken bone, cancer, pregnancy, medical emergencies. Don't be limited by networks when it comes to choosing your healthcare provider. There's another way. Samaritan Ministries is not insurance. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills where you're free to choose the doctors, the treatments, and the hospitals that are best to meet your needs, including alternative medical treatments and natural methods of care. We know those are becoming more and more popular as time goes on, and Samaritans works with you to help you get the type of services that you need. Healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries is affordable, and with monthly amounts starting as low as $100, there's a sharing program that could fit your budget. Visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash podcast to learn more. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash podcast. Now today for our final episode of the year, we have a wonderful interview with Madison Pruitt. Now, some of you already know who that is. Many of the women out here who are big Bachelor fans or Bachelorette fans, I got to say, I don't really fit that category. So I'm not, <laughs> I wasn't in the loop as much with who Maddie Pruitt was. But the more I've gotten to know Maddie and understand the journey she's been on in this last couple of years, it's been really impressive as so many people question like, where is conviction in this next generation? What is that going to look like in the world? And when you see it show up, man, it's a beautiful thing. And we're going to talk more about that with her. She has a new book out called Made for This Moment, Standing Firm with Strength, Grace, and Courage. And we're going to get into how that played out for her. Let's listen and know. Welcome to the podcast, Maddie. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you on. And I have really enjoyed getting to know you and and understanding more of your story. You know, some people know this, but I was pretty impressed with your athletic career. Tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your beginnings here. I mean, basketball, I feel like yes. that'd be kind of fun to meet on the basketball court. You sound pretty good. Yeah, I feel like you guys need to have a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, next time I see you guys, like, that's where we got to start is on the basketball <laughs> yeah. court. 
So I grew up in the gym. My dad was a basketball coach. That was where I spent. If I wasn't at the church or at, you know, church camps, I was at the basketball arena. Like that was where I spent all of my time. And just, man, I had, you know, all the basketball confidence from the youngest of age. I was, you know, leading the camps with my dad as like a six-year-old leading the boys varsity basketball team. I'm like, (laughs) no, you can do better than that. Like, come on. And uh, that was just, you know, that was my life and just grew up and very sports just being a very big part of our family and, you know, grew up running track, playing basketball, doing some dancing, just all kinds of different things. But basketball was really, you know, my biggest thing and uh, a, a big bond between me and my dad. He was my coach. So that led to a lot of interesting moments that I, I, I talk a little bit about in the book. But yeah, I, uh, I I had a really cool, you know, growing up experience in sports taught me, I feel like a lot about life. And it's kind of crazy, you know, when you think about sports, just how it can correlate into life and the, and the pressures and the things that we face. So I'm really grateful, you know, that I experienced all of that. And, uh, it taught me a lot about myself for sure. I love the idea at six years old that you're telling the guys what to do. Because I kind of feel like that's what came true in your story that most people know you from. With, yes, uh, telling you, the guys what to do. Telling the guys. <laughs> on The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's what you're going to do. Exactly. Well, it's funny when you were saying that. I was reading, um, I was just going to mention this sentence in your book because it's so funny. You're like, because of my strong-willed nature and fighter spirit, I was the hardest for my parents to raise, requiring much more <laughs> discipline and attention than my sisters. Growing up, I received many frowny faces in my preschool classes <laughs> because I was always too loud and led my classmates to games rather than work. I think this is amazing. I wish I was your friend in those frowny face moments. Because, I mean, that fire in you, you're like, I'm strong-willed, competitive, and fiery. And I think um, that has actually lent to where you are today. I mean, just you talk a lot, like you've had plenty of conversations about confidence and not comparing and standing firm. Um, But that that does come at a cost. I mean, it comes naturally, but then it also still, it still, there's, there's some drawbacks to that because not everybody likes that person, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. kind of like, I'm not sure how I feel about her. I don't really like the confrontation, the boldness, the fire, the passion, but that's what God put in you. That's the DNA that he gave you. And um, what have some of those costly things been by kind of having that temperament, having that personality, having that drive, having that energy level? Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like for you along the way as you live out your passion and your purpose? I love that question. Honestly, if I'm being just so vulnerable and real, you know, there were a lot of moments where I would come home and just like cry to my mom and I'd be like, why did God wire me this way? Like, Mm. why, why am I this way? And just constantly feeling like, you know, guys didn't know how to handle me. They were like, you're too, you're too much, right? Like you're, you're too much of a leader. You're too sure of who you are and what you want. And you're too confident, all these, you're too passionate, all these things. And I just constantly felt like I was just too much. And I was like, Mm. I don't know what to do with that God. Like, I don't know what, why I was made this way. Like, I, can you just change it, please? Like, I, I, I really don't want to have to deal with this. And, and it's, and it's made it really difficult, you know, and, and re- especially relationships, um, and navigating that. And I think with every, 
you know, gift that God gives us, of course, like the enemy wants nothing more than to use that to stop you or to use it against you. And I know for me, there's been seasons where he's, you know, tried to use it to stop me. And there's been seasons where he's tried to use it against me, where I did not channel the passion and the strong willed nature in the best way and got the frowny faces and the spankings at home. But, you know, it it's crazy how every single moment, even in those moments, prepare you, you know, for what's to come and really shape you into who you're becoming. And so it took a long time for me to really get to a place where I was grateful for how I was wired and grateful for, you know, the passion and all of that, that was inside of me. And it took me a while to figure out how to steward that well and not use it for selfish gain, not use it, um, to just bulldoze over people, but to, you know, use it to add value to people, to challenge people, to inspire people. Um, and it really took, you know, people surrounding myself with people that would call me out and that would call me higher. And that would, you know, that weren't afraid of confronting me and challenging me and putting me in my place. And, uh, and, you know, two amazing parents who also just had to learn the art of discipline since I came out of the womb. So, um, (laughs) it was, it was a lot, it was a long journey. And even, you know, still to this day, like I still am learning so much about myself. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of the vulnerable side of it. And, and I would say, you know, a lot of the cost that has kind of come with walking out my purpose and and being who God has called me to be and walking, you know, out the purpose of, of what I feel like God has called me to do. There's been a lot of people who have not understood me and a lot of people who have come against me um, who didn't understand why I am the way that I am, why I, I did what I did, why I do what I do. And, you know, a lot of people who have tried to silence me, a lot of people who have attacked me um, for my passion or my convictions or my beliefs. And, you know, some people have the people who watched The Bachelor, they, they saw that on live television. But, you know, even things that people didn't see before The Bachelor, after The Bachelor, um, comments that I was, you know, that, that were made at me from not only just the world, but also the church and mm-hmm. people who really came against me and um, spoke really negative things. And that was really, really hard for me. And I remember I had this moment Um, you know, right before I went on The Bachelor, because people were starting to find out that I was going on the show all around my hometown, all around my church, and I was getting a lot of backlash and just a lot of rumors and a lot of really mean and hateful things. And honestly, a lot of people who had been in my life for a long time, mentors, friendships that just decided to up and walk away and just decided to leave me and not support me and not get behind me and what I felt like God was calling me to do. And that was so hard. And I just remember I had this moment with God. I was like, honestly, Lord, like you're going to have to choose someone else. Like I can't do this. Like this really, like, I don't, I understand why they're giving me all this backlash because I don't even get it. Like, I don't get why you're calling me here. I don't understand why this is the way that you're taking me. And it doesn't make sense to me. And that's so hard, you know, for someone to understand and to be willing to walk where the spirit's leading when it literally doesn't make sense. And and when it doesn't make sense, but you're also getting attacked for it. And so for me, that was, it was so hard, but I remember I had this moment where God kind of woke me up in the middle of the night and 
um, he just spoke to me and he was like, you know, you can choose to continue to fear man or you can you can choose to fear me and what I've called you to do. And one day you're going to be face to face with me and you're going to have to look me in the eyes and give an account for your life. And there's going to be people all around you. And either I can look at you and say, good job, my good and faithful servant. Like these people are here because you walked out your purpose. You did what I called you to do and you were faithful with the gifts I gave you. Or he can look at me and say, you know what? These people could have made it, but you you chose not to do what I called you to do. And you chose not to be who I called you to be. And it was just a wake up call for me. And it, it really just like ignited something in me where I was like, man, you know what? That's right. Like I'm going to choose to follow you, whatever the cost God. And if that means that I lose some relationships, if that means that I'm misunderstood at an extreme level, if that means that I have to deal with some judgment and some hate at the end of the day, I live for an audience of one and I live for your approval. And that's, you know, that's what matters to me. And it has been a really, really, really hard journey. And it has come with a very heavy cost. Um, and, and Rebecca, you know, I've talked about this, but yeah, there's been, you know, some anxieties and some moments where I didn't feel like I could keep going because of the cost and because of all that came with it. But there's also been, God, just such a blessing that comes with obedience and such a joy and a purpose that has just ignited and filled my heart as I've walked out God's will just just shamelessly, just with a shameless audacity of, you know what? I know who I am and I know who God's called me to be and I'm just going to trust him. That's That's, good. Yeah. I I love you giving us that context because some people listening, I mean, maybe they're not Bachelor fans. I don't watch The Bachelor personally. I'll go ahead and acknowledge (laughs) that. You don't even really watch TV. I know. But back in the day, I remember we would watch when it was like a new show. I don't know when it, when did The Bachelor start? Do you remember? Oh, gosh, were you even forever, born? Forever ago. Probably I was season she 24. Was... So. Oh, gosh. How, yeah. old were you? How old were you when you were on it? I was 23 when so I was So you filming. were younger than The Bachelor. <laughs> we watched it yes, before you I were born. Yes, I was younger than The Bachelor. <laughs> um, but I think, I think for those, maybe they don't know your story and, and haven't heard it, but let's catch everybody up. You go on The Bachelor. You're part of the process. You get all the way down towards the end of the process. And just walk us through really briefly, because I got so many she other questions. She has talked about this a million I know, but, times. But some of our listeners don't know this stuff. We, we have a lot of men who like, listen to this I that don't watch I talk about her anxiety, but okay. I know. So, so just so give us 60 the, seconds. 60 seconds. What happens oh, at gosh. the end of The Bachelor? Go. I feel like I'm like back in seminary, and they're like, hey, in 60 seconds, explain the gospel. I'm okay. like, oh. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. I'm totally kidding. No, Um, I would say, okay, I went on the show out of just – total surrender, feeling like it was where God was leading me, had no idea what to expect, had never watched the show before. Um, Just total surrender, like, okay, God, you got this. Ended up going all the way through to the very end. Um, Towards the end, had a very honest conversation with The Bachelor and said, you know, these are my standards. These are my convictions. This is what I feel deeply. And I'm just unashamed in that. Like, this is who I am. And, you know, I want to be with a partner. I want to be with someone who can join me in that and who can respect that. And if you can't, then I'm out. And I just had that very blunt, real conversation with him on national television. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pretty much just said, because, you know, The Bachelor has this this week, they call the fantasy suite week. 
And um, it's kind of a, an opportunity that you have to go and explore your physical relationship. And I just, you know, I shared with them, I said, look, this isn't part of what I do. This, this just isn't something I'm comfortable with. And you're a grown man, you can make your own decisions. But if you choose to do this, you know, with the other two women here, like I'm out. And I, uh, I made that known up front. He ended up deciding to do that and still wanted me in the end. And I said, no, sir, I'm out. <laughs> You're like, I meant what um, I said and I said what I yep, meant. <laughs> exactly. And so I ended up walking away the day before engagement, um, broke up with him and, Long story short, it, it still stayed a little messy after that. He he got engaged and then broke off his engagement to try and, you know, explore things with me again and ultimately leading to the exact same conclusion of like, you're just not the one that God has chosen for me. But through that entire process, uh, it, it was really challenging. And there was a lot of moments that I was called to courage where I had to really stand up for my beliefs and my convictions, even in the middle of opposition and in the middle of, you know, hearing so many voices and opinions around me of in order to be liked or accepted or in order to be, you know, well-known or to make it far, you've got to do this, you got to do that. And I was like, listen, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to compromise, you know, my beliefs and my convictions and, and who I feel like God has called me to be. And I'm not going to settle for someone just because he's the bachelor. I'm like, I don't care who he is. I don't care if he's the president of the United States. Like I know who I am and, uh, I know what, like who God has called me to be. And so that was kind of the short summary version. I love it. No, <laughs> And I think, like you said, you know, you knew who you were as a kid. You were fiery and scrappy, and you, you know, God gave you that spirit of conviction early on so that when the moment came, you still meant what you said. And then even after the fact, when people were still trying to persuade you, you meant what you said. And I do think there is something just remarkable about standing firm, right? You know, there mm -hmm. we know that we live in a world where culture will continue to try to force us to swim downstream, but the truth is that the gospel asks us to go countercultural. It does ask mm, us to be yeah. in the world, but not of it, to like live in a way that is narrow, where wide is the way that kind of leads to destruction, narrow is the way that leads to life. And so so you were kind of the out—not kind of, you were the outlier, right? Like that conversation doesn't typically happen on that show. And what I would love to just veer into right now as this is um, our last podcast for 2021. And woohoo, you, woo you're, you're like, in, we're ending strong, girl. And um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about people going into the holidays, reflecting on this last year. You kind of made some reference to some anxiety uh, in conversations we've had offline. And obviously living a, a life that's got some profile attached to it. You are in more of a public eye. You do get like lashback of whatever is happening. And part of that is par for the course in a public role. But I'm just curious, how has your anxiety been in 2021? You know, not not back a few years ago, but this year in particular. And what has been your go-to rhythms that has helped you combat that in those moments? Hmm. So a lot of things came to mind with those questions. Um, and, and, you know, first, I just encourage those listening. You know, I I remember I was in seasons where I actually was reading a psalm earlier today. Um, and, and it was just reminding me, like, just like in the Psalms, you see David, you know, come before God and he's like, woe is me. And this is my life and I can't do it. And it's too heavy and I'm overwhelmed. 
And it's, it's through those moments entering into God's presence and, and taking that time to just enter into worship and prayer. It's like by the end of the Psalm, you see almost this change of perspective of, okay, God, my problems are big, but you're bigger. And it's that flipping mindset. And I feel like for me, when I've really wrestled, you know, with anxiety and when I've really wrestled with fear and just so many different things, um, prayer has been a huge thing for me, um, really to get me out of, cause it's so easy for me. Like when I have a thought for that thought to just stay stuck and for it to just stay there and then for it to spiral out of control. And then just for me to start coming up with all these different scenarios to start overthinking, um, and just assuming that this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And that's just how my mind works. And maybe, you know, those listening can, can relate to that. Um, but, but for me, you know, it really like was a game changer for me when I started just as soon as I would have thoughts like that, I just would take it before the Lord and just say a prayer, like even as simple as just like, Lord, I need your supernatural peace in this moment right now. Like, I, I don't know how to keep going. I don't know how to break this thought pattern. I don't know how to think pure right now, but I'm going to need your supernatural peace and wisdom and everything else you got. Cause I can't do it right now. I love it. And just those kind of moments, I feel like every single time I'll come into it shaken and stirred and just leave with a better sense of God's got me. And, and not always, like there are some moments where, you know, it, it's not just this, like, oh, I say a prayer and everything's dandy. Um, there are some seasons where it's a, it's a prolonged season of God, where are you? And God, I'm struggling and God, I'm hurting. And, and that's not to, yeah, like I've had those seasons and I've, I've, you know, lost weight and couldn't get out of bed, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. And so I've had those moments. And even this year, like even releasing this book to be just so honest with you was the scariest thing I've ever done. And it came with a lot of anxiety, you know, putting myself out there in the most vulnerable way that I ever have in my life uh, was extremely scary for me. It's like releasing a journal. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like people are going to be able to read the things that I've struggled with, the thoughts that I've had, the things that I've been through. And like knowing that people could just accept it or reject it was just a scary, you know, situation. But you know, I, I wanted to write something and, and I like to speak from a place of like, I know not all of us go through the same things. And I know not a lot of people probably have, you know, uh, a reality TV show experience or, you know, like they're on TikTok or Instagram and, and having to whatever that's. And, and I realized that. And so for me, it's like, I'm not even trying to speak to, you know, certain seasons of life or certain people. It's like, no, at the end of the day, we all struggle and we all face, you know, certain fears and temptations and pressures. And so even though our outside circumstances may not look the same, a lot of times it leaves the same inward battles and struggles. And, you know, the, the temptation to settle for safe, the temptation to uh, compromise, like you were saying earlier, um, the pressure to keep up, the pressure to perform. And I know for me, that's what's cause a lot of anxiety in my own life is adapting this performance-based mentality of, you know, in order for people to like me or accept me or think that I'm enough or think that I have what it takes, like, I got to work hard. I got to perform, perform well. I got to give my best. I got to be perfect. I got to be on. And a lot of that is probably because of my sports background. But, you know, for me, that's something I have to fight daily is, you know, Lord, I, I just want to be who you've called me to be. And I just want to live a surrendered, obedient, holy life. And I want to realize that this life is so much bigger than me. And I think when I stay in that perspective of one prayer, but uh, 
too, just the perspective of knowing that this life isn't about me and that it's so much bigger than me and it takes the focus off of me. It weirdly like releases so much pressure and it weirdly releases so much anxiety and fear because I'm like, man, I am right now, I'm making this all about me. Like I'm making this book about me. I'm making this, you know, social media post about me. I'm making this relationship about me. And it's in that moment when I take the focus off of me and put it back on God, put it back on purpose, what he's called me to do, why I'm here on this earth, that I feel just a sense of peace and just a rush of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite verse is Acts 20, 24, and it's says, for I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And that's why we're here. And so I just have to remind myself that on a daily basis to just take my focus off of me. Yeah. Those are such good insights. And thank you for sharing those. I want to kind of get really practical about what your daily life looks like as it relates to rhythms. Rebecca's written so much about these rhythms being critical to maintaining mental health, like your physical regimen, working out, eating, Mm -hmm. relationships, creating with your hands, things that you make. But take us through a little bit of how you like to look at your- A day in the life. Yeah, a day in the life of Maddie when you're (laughs) you're like, okay, I got to do these things so that I can stay in the best place. So you mentioned prayer, but what are some of those other practical rhythms to your life? Yeah. And I love that because I think a lot of times we can overlook the practical and we can overlook the quote unquote smaller things. But I actually think it's the small things that prepare you and get you ready for the big things. And if you're not faithful in the alone private life moments, like God's not going to entrust you with the big high pressuring moments, um, the moments that you're praying for and hoping for and whatever it is. And so for me, like first thing I do, as soon as I wake up, I read the verse of the day on the Bible app, um, really just to train my mind, like before I speak, before I scroll, before I even step foot out of this bed, like I need God's word and I need God's truth. And that's really, really important to me. It's the first thing that I do. Um, you know, after that, I kind of just have my morning routine, make my bed, wash my face, fix my coffee, eat my breakfast, and then really take time to just kind of like pray and worship dive more into God's word. And that just like sets the tone for my day. Like I just feel ready for whatever the day has. I've just really aligned myself. You know, I'm all about prioritizing. I'm all about putting first the things that are the most important you know, the first day of the week, the first day of the month, the first day, um, the first of the day, I think is really important. And so for me, just having those first um, really just sets the tone for the rest of the day. So yeah, having that time with, with the Lord in the morning and then throughout the day, just trying to have different moments um, to just, you know, take some deep breaths and, and throughout the day having, you know, that community, having those people around me that are just speaking life over me, um, taking moments, you know, just to pray and things like that, I think have been really, really important for me. And I would say another discipline and just boundary that I've had in my life that's been really helpful. Um, if I'm going to be taking in content, it's what content am I taking in and how am I allowing it to affect me and how am I investing in myself? And so, so really limiting, you know, my time on social media has helped, um, making sure that I'm following people that are speaking life into me that are, um, good for my soul, good for my spirit. 
Um, all of that has been really, really important to me. I have like a timer on my phone of how much time I can spend on social media each day. Um, but those are all big things for me. I try and um, be really consistent with working out. I try and be consistent with eating healthy. Um, and yeah, just making sure I have that life-giving community in my life. I think so that's good. been really, really huge for me um, just to stay on track and to stay grounded. All right. So more detail. Do you, do you like to go to the gym or do you work out at home? What's your favorite? I'm, you know, I love going to the gym, but I think with how crazy my life has been, I've had to adapt to doing workouts on the go. And, uh, you know, even if I have like 15 minutes, just, I have, um, are you a like app a hit, on my phone. Are you a hit workout girl? I'm so curious. My kids love hit workouts. <laughs> know, it's like 10 so... minutes, 15, and they're grueling. They like, yes, I'm yes, like panting. <laughs> I'm like the same way. I'd rather just go really hard for like 15, 30 minutes instead of having this like long, just workout that's working out one tiny little part in, in a very like yeah. particular way. I'm like, no, like let's just full body Do go it. after it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's again, just being an like athlete and being in the sports world. I'm like, yeah, let's just give it our all. But yeah, I've had to learn to kind of adapt. It's been very interesting, I guess, with like my food diet and my workout diet and my sleep schedule has been interesting in this season being so on the go, but I've had to Learn to adapt for what's, sure. What's your favorite to go breakfast? I, I just love these like total detail questions. What's your favorite breakfast on the go? And then what's your favorite breakfast if you're at home? So I love if I'm like in a really big hurry, this sounds so silly. <laughs> I love it. If I'm in a really big hurry. I like to just like throw in a little gluten-free waffle and just call it a day. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yep, sounds great. That's Perfect. quick and easy. I don't have to cook. Syrup? Um, syrup, or no syrup? Syrup, peanut butter, bananas. Honestly, what do we put on top of this waffle? I can do both. So <laughs> I try not to do syrup, but um, I can eat it plain. I can eat it, yeah, with almond butter, peanut butter, um, some fruit on there. Yeah, I just kind of, I go all over the place. I like different ones. I got like right now. Now with the season, I have like a cinnamon type waffle. It's really good. Um, <laughs> and then I'll have like blueberry, strawberry, plain. I mean, we'll just, we'll just hit them all up. And uh, I also love smoothies. I'm a big smoothie girl. So that's a fun, like just good on the go. But if I have like a big breakfast, I mean, I love just some good Southern breakfast. Like I like my eggs, my grits, my biscuits, my bacon, uh, <laughs> definitely not the healthiest of things, but it's, I mean, that's like a home run for me. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you have to have that if you grew up in the South. I mean, that's just part of it. I, we grew up in Florida, which didn't really count as the South. So it was kind of yeah. this weird melting pot and that I never really grew up on biscuits, gravy or grits, but my cousins did from the Midwest. <laughs> and so they still yeah. made it like over Thanksgiving, we were together. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this like sausage gravy and chocolate gravy, but it's kind of contagious though. Like you try it and you're like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but they make chocolate gravy. They do. They make chocolate gravy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's a whole other. I, I have never heard of that. It's, it's like as if gravy and biscuits aren't bad enough. <laughs> you're going to throw yeah. chocolate in it. Anyways, sidebar. Um, well, this is really helpful. I, I do love um, your honesty, your vulnerability, and knowing that, you know, to – to have the temperament that the Lord's given you to walk through um, things in courage. And I just want to commend you for that, just like walking in courage. And I, I'm a firm believer that that bravery is moving scared, right? Like that there is there is some 
intimidation in whether you're on the basketball court or you're going on the show or you're launching a book, but even intimidation in being honest and vulnerable in friendship or in, you know, relationships with a guy or risking in even mentoring or even in learning or asking for help. I mean, I just want to... um talk to those listening who have kind of walked through a year where like vulnerability feels like the scariest thing, like being known might feel like the scariest thing. And I just want to just kind of end this season and end this year with just some encouragement uh, for no matter how old you are, what arena the Lord has placed you in, um, know that the Lord sees you, that He just truly sees you. And He sees you, Maddie, and He's so delighted in you as a daughter. He really is. He He's like grins from ear to ear. And that lie that we do hear sometimes that we're just too much or we're not enough, right? All that that too much or that not enough is just shame telling us that that we aren't beloved as we truly are. And it's just a lie. The Lord loves all of us and he loves all the a lot that he gave you. <laughs> he does. He loves the a lot. <laughs> he loves that. Yeah. And and I think I it's a reminder for me hearing you. Um, even in the way that I express my love to my my kids, my teens, um, my daughter who's eight, just that those felt needs never end, right? Like that need to be seen and known and loved in the absence of shame so that we can create beautiful things. And I that's kind of been my, I don't know, mantra this year from my mentor, Kurt Thompson, that, that truly like that being seen and known. And Maddie, you've had to do that like on a very public way. But um, it's the private way of being seen and known um, that God becomes that refuge and that strength and that source through the community that He gives you, through the people who are not leaving the room, right? The people who are staying put in your life and walking with you arm in arm. So I counted a joy to call you a new friend. We met a few months ago, and I just loved your spirit. You're, you're, just, you're just all in, and I loved— um, just your passion for God, and it's, it is contagious. So thank you for being on today. Thank you for sharing your heart. I, I hope that those listening took some encouragement from the things that Maddie said, and just know that we are cheering you on, and we just can't wait to just see more of what God has for you in the days to come. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. And um, just everyone listening, just know you have three people here who are praying for you and on your team and just so for you and who believe in you. And I, I always just like to say, you know, when I wrote this book, um, I was thinking about every single one of you and just praying for you guys and just felt encouraged to share you were made for this moment, not the moments of yesterday, not the moments of tomorrow, but for whatever moment you are in right now, whatever you've been through, whatever you're facing, this is the moment you were made for and God loves you and he's so proud of you and believing 2022 is going to be an amazing year. Thank you, Maddie. Thanks for being on. Thank you guys. Well, I hope that that takeaway was encouraging. Love Maddie. Grab her book, Made for This Moment, and then go ahead and check out the top 10 when we send those out. Uh, we are just excited to kick off 2022 with you after we all have a little quiet. Take, quiet. A, take advantage of the waffles. rest. Yes. <laughs> take advantage of the rest rhythm. I know the holidays sometimes and rest don't work together, but take steal some quiet moments when you're not at work anyways and get up a little early 
just get with your journal. And as you go into the new year, just ask the Lord to reveal like the things he wants you to lay down and the things he wants you to pick up. And if you're a guy who's like, I don't know that I'm going to journal, do what I do. Get in the deer stand. Go <laughs> go get some private time alone. Reflect on the year. Reflect on God's goodness. But also, as you think about the year ahead, what are the new habits, the rhythms that you're going to incorporate? This time of year is the perfect time to establish those goals. We don't believe in New Year's resolutions. We believe in New Year's rhythms. And we'll talk more about that as the new year kicks off. But take time to reflect on that. What do you want to see different a year from now? And the plan to get there is what it's going to take. And it's not a quick fix. It's a daily plan. It's decisions to incorporate and prioritize some new rhythms into your life. So consider what those might be. Enjoy the top 10 that we'll put out so that you can just experience some of the best of from this year. And we'll look forward to journeying together in 2022. So early, happy new year. 